And she says, oh, so this is no, 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 not to rough them up. It's to be, treat them just fine, um, which surprises Shep. So they're walking down the hallways to go back to the control room and they run into some guards and says, oh, and the, the marshal wants to see you. say, oh, that's fine. We want to see the marshal. So they, they marshal, uh, the doctor forges ahead, leading the guards and the others back to the, to the marshal. Marshal is still with his mirror. Um, Shap tells him how, uh, Marshall always stands there and he doesn't like to be interrupted. And the doctor wonders, well, is he a ventriloquist? And Shep doesn't know what that is. And he says, you know, someone who throws his voice, throws his voice, you know, and does it. He says, or a ventriloquist dummy. Oh, he says, a dummy. And smacks himself in the forehead just as the marshal comes back to himself and comes over and says, oh, the doctor, my friend. And he says, friend, the last time I was here, you wanted to shoot me. He says, oh, that was just a misunderstanding. I, standing. I had forgotten that your arrival had been foretold. And the doctor says, you mean we were expected? And he shares a glance with Ramana. And the marshal goes on and how the doctor is to be the instrument of their victory and lead them to ending this war with victory over the Xeons. You know, a canine is on a conveyor belt and the temperature is heating up and he's starting to malfunction. The marshal goes on about how the doctor is supposed to be um, helping this this war effort, this, um, this noble quest, this, 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 um, there, uh, this atrios he's going on making his, his speech and the doctor contributes this blessed plot and he's, he adds that in, yes, this blessed plot, this atrios and the doctor says, oh no, no, I much prefer the original. Not everyone would know, but uh, we'll get to that. So the doctor is to watch the the battle that's coming up the, after the marshal's rousing speech, which was mostly rousing to himself. He sits the doctor in his command chair, and he turns on the view screen and the radio, and we see the doctor and the marshal and Shap watching this mighty fleet of Atrios who are coming up on the screen and there are six ships. And the doctor says, six ships? He says, well, the people don't need to know that, you know, our mighty fleet is down to six. So we hear a lot of chatter on the radio as they encounter more of more dots coming the other direction, which are the Xeon ships. They get one hit, and then three other hits against the Atreus fleet, and now they're only before, by the time Marshall has Shap call them back to retreat, there are now three ships out of six left. 
after is uh, the marshal pleads with them and says, Do you, can you provide us with the ultimate weapon? You see what we're up against? And he says, yeah, I think I can. It's called peace. You have to stop this. Marshall says, how can we have peace if we don't have the ultimate deterrent? Says, what would you do if you had this ultimate weapon? Well, I'd use it, of course, to make sure it works. So the doctor says it, goes on and say, well, you know, maybe I can provide you like a force field or something. You know, he says, oh, so we could, the Xeons couldn't get in, but we could get out. It's like, no, it kind of blocks both sides. So Marshall threatens some more, and the doctor says he would agree. He's, you help me find the set, I mean, you help me find the princess, and I'll help you with the force field. He says, but I'll need my computer, my K9, I'll need my computer. The thing you thought was a weapon, then we find out that they've sent it to the furnace. The doctor says, what furnace? So he runs off to the furnace. Shap has uh, turned off the furnace, but they're all waiting outside expectantly. The doctor walk, or crawls along the conveyor belt to get to K-9 and rescues him. The marshal is very upset and impatient outside and pacing. And he says, the doctor must not die. Not yet. Romana hears this and um, is interested. And then Marshall pulls his collar back from his neck as he's, you know, upset and irritated. And she sees that there's a little flashing green device stuck to his neck. The doctor comes back out and uh, he's rescued K-9. So they go back to the control room and the doctor says, well, what about a psychological weapon to work against the Xeons to make them not want to come to Atreos? But he'd need to study a Zeon. Well, Marshall says, well, that's not possible because there are no prisoners on either side. It's take no prisoners, fight to the death. Um, Romana gets a moment with the doctor and she tells him how the Marshall said, you know, doctor must not die, not yet, and that he's, she saw this on his neck and they're going on and on, and the doctor says, well, who's supposed to f who fall for whose plan? Who's pulling the wool over whose eyes? And, you know, if he's a ventriloquist dummy, who's pulling the strings? And Merak is impatient and comes up and says, all these questions, and you have no answers, and we don't know where Astra is, and the doctor says that he thinks Astra is on Zeos. Romana says, but we don't even know where that is. We can't even see it. The doctor says, puts his hand before his eyes. He says, can you see me now? It's like, there's some type of force field camouflaging the planet. It's there, but we just can't see it. So. The doctor um, tells that uh, to Romana and Merak and also tells them that there's some problem with the marshal talking to this mirror of his and there's got to be another way around to it so he sends them off to find another way into that room to find out what's behind there the doctor 
gets to the marshal and uh, he talks to him and says, you know, I think we need to work on this psychological weapon again. And um, you said you needed to examine a Xeon. He says, no, I think I said... Oh, he needed to experiment on a Xeon. He says, no, I think I said examine. But there are no Xeons here. He says, there are no Xeons. So... And the doctor says, well, I'll just pop open a Xeon, Xeos, pick up a Xeon, Princess Astra, she's there, and pop back, and then I'll make a first cell for you. Um, as they're talking about her, a radio message appears on the screen, and it's Princess Astra, and she's giving a plea to her people to um, work with the Xeon since they've taken her prisoner and give up the war, give up the marshal. To not carry on with this, the marshal gets incensed and he runs and he pulls the video feed plug to the screen and her message goes away. He stands in front of the mirror for a minute and then the doctor gets permission from the marshal to go to Zeos and he says that he knows a way. Ramana and Merrick have found a way into the room behind the mirror and they see a golden skull on a pedestal um, pointed towards the, the mirror that the marshal's looking at. And it's a two-way mirror, so he, he can't see them, but they can see him. They also can hear him, and Ramana hears the marshal calling saying that um, he is uh, sending the Time Lord to the transmat, um, being in the transmat room in K-Block where his, where I'm sure your, your agents will be waiting for him. And Ramana says, well, how did he know he was a Time Lord? Mostly to herself, but Merrick asks about it. Um, the marshal then talks talking to his master behind the glass there that, oh, once you have the secrets of time, may I please have victory over the Xeons. Canine goes off with the doctor to the transmat room, and the doctor is asking more of, uh, you know, why would Marshall, who is the leader against the war on Xeos, know of a secret transmat to Xeos? And he says to K-9, I think one of us is being extremely stupid. Affirmative, he says. So the doctor steps in to go into the transmat room. You can barely see some men in black outfits off to the sides. Um, K-9 advises him not to go as the door slides closed. Ramana and Merrick run in the room and say, oh no, K-9, it was a trap. The doctor hears this from the other side of the door. In the dark, the semi-darkness, the men in black garb grab the doctor and the lights and sound come up and the flashing uh, transmats them out of the room and the doctor and them go away. Ramana says, Doctor, where's, where'd he go? Where's the doctor? 
something like that. And we end on her, um, on her wondering where he's gone. That's it. Seems shorter, this one. I think that's because they spent so much time recapping. Yeah. The doctor and Ramona in particular spend a lot of time telling each other what we've just seen. Right. Um, how uh, otherwise? How else would we know that she told him? I I but, suppose, but. But still, they spend a lot of time speculating about a lot of stuff. All the doctor has to do is say, "Ramona told me about thus and so." Yeah. Here's what we need to do. Like Marek says, a lot of questions, no answers. Like, they do a lot of this supposing about, you know, what about this and what about this and who's, who's fooling who here and, you know, how should we proceed? And it really just sucks away the time. And it's kind of repetitive in other ways, too, because, as I said, you know, they get back to the K-block room there and... The doctor again tells K-9 to open the door. Well, instead of telling him just to blast a small hole in the door, now he's telling him to open the door, but again he tells him to be careful because there may be somebody on the other side. Mm. Well, he already did that in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think K-9 forgot? Um, Negative. Yes, at one point the doctor says something about, oh, we all make mistakes, don't we, K-9? Negative. Uh, and then there's the whole impassioned speech by the marshal, which was the um, Churchill speech from World War II. This blessed plot, this England, this... Mm, yeah. I don't know it that well, obviously, but I know where it's from. Pretty sure that's where it's from. I thought that was cute. I prefer the original. <laughs> Other than that, there are not a whole lot of fun, too many fun things really to keep us going through. I do think it interesting that, and it wasn't. I think it was a, a intentional slip when the doctor makes the offer to the marshal that, you know, um, you help me find the seg. I mean, the princess Astra, the segment, mm. maybe. What he's saying. I'm sure that's what he's saying. I mean, I don't think it was an accident. Why not? I mean, I don't think it was an accident on the the actor's part. I think he was meant to say that. Don't you? Why, though? Why Why would the doctor say it that way? Or well, do you think it was supposed to be a slip on the doctor's part? Well, I th yes, I think okay. it is. But not on the actor's part. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think it was a mistake on... I think it was in the script. Yeah. It was... Really subtle, though, because you might have missed it. It was um, 
not like when he first mentions the Black Guardian and what the Rebel Separation, I think. Because when he's musing to himself, something about, oh, they could just be working with the Black Guardian. She says, what? I say, oh, no, 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 mind. That's not supposed to know about that. Um, where he, it's a more obvious cover-up, whereas this is more of a natural slip-up on the character's part that you might dismiss as you, you as it goes by. Um, there's a bit of poking fun at the at the marshal when he watches this um, the mighty fleet of Atrios, which is six ships, yeah. get just destroyed. The doctor is uh, very sobered and serious after watching this and hearing the radio chatter of the battle when the master or the the marshal asks for this ultimate weapon. The doctor says, yes, peace. You need to stop doing this, you know. And um, he says, when he asks about this ultimate deterrent and this ultimate weapon, what would you do with it? Well, I'd use it to make sure it works. And he says, you have a true military mind, marshal. And he takes it as a compliment. Yes, but I, so did uh, the brigadier. Yes, yes, He true. always took that as a compliment as well. Uh, it's been a bit since, probably since the, the Brigadier, that, you know, we've had much of the conversations from the doctor about this being, him being so anti-militaristic. Mm, mm -hmm. Probably because being with unit every day, you would see more of it. But now that we've changed doctors and not seen UNIT for some time, I think it's been a while since we've had anything like this come up. Uh, he expresses this, his opinion of that. Otherwise, if you have anything to talk about or anything you liked or didn't, I th like I said, I think they just spent a little too much time doing the recaps for each other. Um, it, it felt a lot like they were just treading water, I guess. Mm-hmm. Felt a lot like a third episode of four when it's Yeah, really almost. Less. And it's but really early in, in six. Mm-hmm. Which uh, brings me to a question I, I wrote down earlier while we were watching this that maybe I've asked before. Did viewers at the time know how many episodes they were going to have? I don't know. You've story? asked before and I, I, I don't know the answer. Maybe that's why I didn't remember because we didn't really have an answer as to whether, you know, the TV Times or whatever it was had anything about, you know, part one of six, you know, as they gave the recap or the radio times or whatever it was that would give the little blurbs about the, the upcoming episode. Maybe it didn't. What did you think of the skull they saw on the other side of the moon? It makes me think of the um, image of the Fendal 
the glowing skull, you know, that was uh, taking over people. But it was more of a solid kind of a gold resin color or whatever that was uh, behind the mirror that the Marshall was talking to. I think they were trying to uh, make it look like that and make us wonder or just that they just wanted to have something creepy. I think they were probably just trying for something creepy. Yeah. So it wasn't really glowing like the other one was. But it did make me think of it. Think of it a bit. But, you know, like I said, there's so many questions that they raise just between each other when they're trying to figure this out in their recaps or not recap or just in their discussions aside this group or that group of people another you know interesting one for us to consider um, even before we get to the end is that um, the marshal knew that well one that the marshal knew that they were coming or he had forgotten but it, his their coming had been foretold he says later and that he mentions when he thinks he's talking just to his mirror that uh, the doctor the time lord so just things to consider mm -hmm. as we wait for our next episode you know they mentioned the they mentioned the first episode that you know about the black guardian that we just heard it couple times in the earlier episodes not so much but just a few is there anything else? nope yeah not a lot not a lot happened no spent a lot of time showing canine on the on the conveyor belt too Canine. Yeah. Asking I forgot him, about that. Saying, temperature unacceptable, master, and, you know, starting to malfunction, calling for his mask. Like, okay, canine, the computer should be smart enough to know that the doctor cannot hear him. You think? Yeah, I don't know what his whole commentary was for outside of the viewers. Yeah. But it didn't make sense inside the, in the context of the story. No. I want to show him or have him saying something as he's moving along towards being melted but really wasn't necessary and it was really shown too much I think there are like three or four scenes with the conveyor belt to the furnace something like that two might have been just fine maybe I don't know I think they could, if they'd been done a little better, it might not have been so bad. But with dialogue that man doesn't make any sense in its own context, context, then the scenes become pointless and annoying. Uh huh. Okay. All right, let me stop it then. Cool thing.
got her stepping into a trap. Um, Ramona knowing it's a trap, but of course being one second too late. Of course. As the doors close. And Otherwise we'd have no cliffhanger. All right. I found it funny that they that they stopped the scene. I expected the the cliff and the cliffhanger music uh, ending music to come up as the doctor and the the two goons in the transmat area were being beamed out as the doctor disappearing. But instead, they stopped on Romana saying something mm-hmm. about, "Oh, where's, where's he gone, doctor?" It just seemed kind of strange to end on her wondering where he was, where he'd gone. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't see how they could have started with that. <laughs> with that scene of her, a close-up of Romana, it wouldn't have really fit too much in the beginning of the next scene, because it's not a resolution, it's really a, a carryover. I don't know. It was okay. The part Too that overly it, dramatic for me. Yeah, the part that it was a trap was not a s- surprise, really. Um, it's more a question, you know, like, more interest of, like, oh, where's he going to end up, and how are we going to continue? Where could he... You know, be going. Is he going to Zeos? And, or what will he find when he gets there, really? Not is he gone, he's never coming back, but what will the doctor find when he gets to where they're taking him is really the, more, the biggest question that makes you want to watch and find out. Is that it? Yep. All right. Join us tomorrow when we talk about episode three of The Armageddon Factor. Join us then, and thank you for listening.